Hi everyone, welcome back to the Fowler Hour. On today's show, I'm joined by Brendan Goodcuff. Now, Brendan is kind of a big name on the Instagram scene. He was a massive and still is a massive inspiration for me and my work. And it was really nice to sit down with him and have such a laid back conversation. And we touched on quite a few different topics, some of which are going to feel a bit deep at times. And I loved that. It was amazing. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And that when it's all over, you walk away from this feeling like you've really learned something new and you've got a brand new perspective. Because that's how I felt. Today's show is brought to you by Skillshare. Now, Skillshare is an online learning platform where you can upgrade your design skills no matter what level you're at. Whether you are a beginner, you're an intermediate, or you feel like you've already mastered it, you will find something new to learn on Skillshare every single time you turn on their platform. Now, to get two free months of Skillshare for all of my listeners, you can go to skl.sh/cfowlerdesign or tap the link in the description for two months of free unlimited classes from their thousands of experts. We're also brought to you today by Design Cuts. You can check out their latest bundle on cfowler.design that can potentially save you thousands of dollars overall. Think about all the typefaces you've ever wanted. That could be Futura or Sarah, or maybe you're into Procreate and you're looking for some new brushes. Design Cuts has all of those on their store and, uh, well, uh, amazingly discounted prices compared to what they should be sold for. And then they do a bundle on top of that that will save you, as I said, potentially thousands and thousands of dollars overall. I know it saved me that much in the long run already, and I'm so excited to have them on the show. If you'd like to check out their latest bundle, you can go and check out cfowler.design, and it will take you straight to whichever bundle they've got running at the time. So thank you very much for supporting the show by checking out our sponsors. And yeah, let's begin the show with Brendan. Hi, Brendan. How are you today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. As I say, we've been fumbling around with microphones the last few minutes, trying to set all this up to get the podcast going. And it seems like we're there. You say you sound lovely in your own ears, which is a really good thing. <laughs> but before we get started and kind of dive into the conversation, Brendan has been one of my favorite designers since I got on Instagram. And he's shaking his head looking at me right now. But pretty much one of the, I think probably the first 10 or 20 people I followed was Brendan. And it was more the style of his work and the attitude that he had that really appealed to me. So we've been on and off. Yeah, he's, he's giving me puppy dog eyes right now. But I'm, yeah, I'm being serious about that. So Brendan, since I've just given you some high praise, why don't you kind of introduce yourself to the listeners at home and who you are, what you do? Uh, well, I'm Brennan Goodcuff. Uh, I'm a graphic designer who lives in South Carolina. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, have I flattered you a little bit too much at the start of the show? And you know no, I just don't. I mean, um, <laughs> that's about it. I mean, right? We're going to wrap this up now. Yeah, we're done. All right, cool. Um, so the sponsors for the show are... <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Brendan's work has been... Well, your work, Brendan, has been a massive inspiration for me in terms of the the very traditional style and approach you've had in terms of, uh, so we've got like thick lines, heavy icons. A lot of it, I would say, feels very 60s to 80s traditional American graphic design. So who are your big inspirations for that type of work? And why are you so drawn to doing that? Um, I guess... I don't know. I, I just really like 
the way it looks. I think it looks super like tough for lack of a better word. Like it looks just very in your face and bold and uh, like it's not going anywhere. And uh, it doesn't like it can, like you can easily identify the era it's referencing. So it looks dated kind of, but at the same time it looks timeless because it's like, that's kind of the era when like those logo types started becoming, you know, like uh, a thing like that. So it almost like, it's just kind of like the standard, I feel like. Um, and I, I just really enjoy it visually. I mean, as far as influences go, it's like the obvious, uh, you know, Saul Bass, Lance Wyman, Aaron Droplin, as far as like a newer one, all that, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of people who I've, I've met and mentioned you to, they've been like, oh yeah, uh, I know he's kind of inspired by Aaron Draplin. They kind of fit this all American graphic design type aesthetic. And I love it because it's, I say it, it's bold, it's clean, it's timeless. And when it comes down to um, meeting those people who you've been inspired for, inspired by for so long, obviously Aaron Draplin, you've posted multiple pictures of going and, and meeting him. And he seems, I've met him in Birmingham. He's an amazing person. And when you meet these people who are, I don't know how much of an inspiration he was to your work, but when you meet people who are, your inspiration in design or you admire and their work, how does, how does that affect your work? Do you think? Meeting him? How does it affect my work? Yeah. Rather than just seeing them publish things, what does it make an impact on your, the way you work, your process, your attitude? Has anything changed since you've met these people? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so to be honest with you from my perspective. I mean, it was cool. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, I feel like it's always kind of weird meeting people that you uh, like have an idea about beforehand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not like there's like, there's like, like he didn't like live up to expectations or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It was actually awesome, but I'm just saying it's like, okay, cool. You know, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like you're just more of a, a kind of a laid back guy anyway, but the, it, it, you're right. And it, it is, it's weird, especially if you listen to people all the time, if you're watching or if you're watching a YouTube video or listen to a podcast or an audio book and you don't really know what the person looks like when you, yeah, kind of em, you envision something in your mind and when you actually go and meet them, that can be really an odd experience well, as well. Sure. So I guess that, that is why it's like super, like when you meet those people, it is super different and impactful because you have that. But like with Draplin, it's like almost the opposite where he's, yeah. his um, face is everywhere. And he's constantly has content and videos and everyone, you know, you hear his voice and he explains things. So then you see him do the same thing in person. So you're kind of like, got it. Like, it's, I don't know. I didn't have like, it wasn't like, it was like, yeah, that's, that's what he's like. I it guess. all matches up in the end. Right. Right. So it's not like, it's like, Oh, that was so different. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, it was cool. Cool. You know, and when I'm it- a terrible guest. <laughs> No, you're fine. What are you talking about? I had Arun on literally earlier today. So Arun was a, a future young gun. Um, he's doing a design series with me. And uh, he was saying before the show that he was so nervous. He was just going to, he was like stuttering and didn't know what to say. And I was like, chill out. It's going to be okay. Like, this is fine. Well, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we're going to do an interview with super set questions. I'm not going to sit here and go kind of like, who's your favorite designer? When did you start the graphic designs? Because that's no fun. And like, I want to hear about what it's like to live in South Carolina. Like in comparison to the metropolitan guys who I speak to in New York or in Cali and things like that, what's it, 
what's it like having a business? Obviously, I assume you work on kind of an international level at times uh, with clients, but you run a collective on a local basis, as far as I can see. And sure. what's that like being more maybe hometown rather than? Um, I don't know if I have a great frame of reference for how it would be otherwise, because I've only really ever lived here for as far as like, uh, you know, like since like I've been, you know, five. So um, I'm not sure what it's like to live anywhere else. So I don't know if I have a super great frame of reference, but uh, it's, it's everyone, it's, it's definitely very like small towny where everyone knows each other and everyone's super aware of like, you know, it's like a gossipy tech kind of area, but it, it, not, not necessarily in the terms of like uh, bad things though. It's always just like, uh, everyone's super well known and everyone like word gets around really quickly with like, as far as like ref, uh, referrals and stuff like that. Cause it's like, I don't know, it's just a small town, you know, everyone knows. Like a guy. In, in, yeah. <laughs> right. There's always a guy for everything. So do you find that that's kind of detrimental to the business? Do you find that you maybe sometimes struggle to find work because it's a small town or is it that you're actually getting more business in because of these referrals? Um, I mean, it's probably, it's probably a little of both, to be honest with you. I mean, like, there's not, like, tons of designers in my area. Um, not a whole lot of people. So, it's, like, anything that gets designed and gets done locally is either done by, you know, just a handful of people um, or, or at least a handful of agencies or, or businesses. Um, um, but then there's so much bad design here and there's such a demand for it. And it's really, what's really hard is to shift the culture or the, the client um, like to, to want something different because they have no idea about design. They're, they're super, not, not every client, but like for the most part, they're, they're pretty uninformed about design in general. So they are in an area where there's not a lot of good design and so when you show them something that's good, I feel like they, it's super alien to them and it's super um, unorthodox from what they're used to seeing and what else is displayed. So they have kind of an aversion to it and they want more of the same from what's around them because it fits the, it fits the market and it fits in with people's expectations as well. So it's really challenging to get them to kind of make bold decisions like if you go to a, you know, a place and this, I'm speaking locally cause I don't travel a lot, but if you go to a place like Charleston, South Carolina, um, and you walk down like King street, which is like the main road, this is very specific. You're in the UK. You don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> anyone who's listening who does like, it's just like the main road in Charleston, every, every business on it, um, is really well designed. Like every, every single sign, every single logo, every single restaurant, you know, Jay Fletcher pretty much handles like 90% of that, uh, in Charleston and everything's really well done. Um, or, or at least people who are in that, I mean, like that style and everything. So it's really cool. But in Myrtle Beach, there's like a crazy, there's a crazy um, bunch of bad design. And I feel like when you show someone something that's good, they're just like, I don't know what this is. This, I've never seen something like this. So they don't, um, they don't like it. They want to look like everything else because they don't want to have, because those things are proven. Those businesses do well and because they're like the, the businesses that are around. So customers like that. So they're like, well, I don't want it to look different than that. So I'll just, let's just do like that kind of a look. And it's like, well, that look blows, but it yeah. <laughs> works for them. It works for them. It works for them. So it's like really tough to get them to do something that like I think is cool. 
they have different, different, we have definitely different ideas of what's cool, but that's like a pretty large generalization. There's obviously tons of great people who trust us or trust me specifically like well enough to just be like, yeah, let's do it. You do see that quite a lot though. You mean, I mean, I think it applies to any small town. I live in a small town and if you were to go down the main high street, down to the main shopping area, the design is all of this very similar standard. And that's usually a fairly subpar standard, like you're saying, but everyone goes in with the same budget and the same ideas. So no one changes. So everyone's looking around at these businesses who have maybe been around for 30 plus years, who yeah. are they, who have maybe not the best design work, but they go, oh, well, they're not worried about the design. What matters is the people inside. What matters is the product. And like it does, but if your shop front looks like trash, like you're not going to attract people. But at the same time, you're in a small town. So maybe there's only one of that shop in the town. Yeah, and it's really... I agree. And it's really, um, it's almost really like from a designer's perspective, it's almost really like you can almost like for restaurants, the restaurants that have some of the worst design typically have the best food too. So it's yeah. like super weird. Like, um, and I, I, I mean like, so if there's a restaurant in Myrtle beach specifically that has insanely, I wouldn't say like good in the sense of like I would, I would do anything like it, but it has really, um, you can tell it's really professionally and high quality, like, billboards and advertisements and they have really slick menus that are like crazy like i don't want to say like well designed but like they're designed like well in the sense that they're not amateurly designed and and they have all this stuff the food's typically really overpriced it's not that good but you can find like a hole in the wall restaurant where it's like amazing and the menu is they just print it themselves on like eight and a half by, or a four, I guess to you, is that what I would say? Yeah. And, <laughs> like <and laughs> size paper and like comic sans and everything's just written out and it's like, that is, it's delicious. So it's like, yeah. oh, I wish they had better design to yeah. kill it. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I guess it's not hurting them anyway. And no one cares. It's, I don't know. It's like, they're not like, for, like they're not even, they don't even care about the design. They're, they're like, I don't know how to design things. I know how to cook things well. So that's what we do. And they don't care about anything else. So it's it like, is, it is a, it's, weird it's a really weird like thing where you're like, I want to like help them out, but like, I don't know. It is like, a weird paradox. They're, they're killing it. Like a lot of the businesses have been, been here for 30 years. They've been here and yeah. they're doing well. Everyone knows that you, you couldn't go, you know, 30 miles within Myrtle beach and ask someone who's never heard of like this restaurant. You know, they've, they've served, you know, they, they lines out the door and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, for the local town. So it's like, I don't know that they need my branding help, but it like, it's like, it's not good what they have now, but, like, I don't know. It's like, I want to just do it. Cause it's like, you guys rule, you should have something that rules, but you know what I mean? They don't care. They don't find value in it. You can't make, it's like hard to make people. That's, a, that's a, just a general thing about design. It's hard just to make people see value. They don't see value in. And I think that's one of the biggest issues in terms of getting good design out there, because how would you approach a company or, or a restaurant like that? How would other than going in and going, Hey, I saw your branding and your menu design. I love the food that you do and you serve me some great meals. Here's a thing for you for free or very cheap. You can't go to that type of restaurant and be like, Oh, I, I think your stuff's rubbish or I think you could do better. Right. I'm going to charge you a ton of money for it because they'll just be like, well, I don't see the value in it. What's the point? Right. And plus that's like the thing is when you're proposing a design or, or some sort of rebrand is like a full identity. You're like, you have to have some kind of return on investment promise to them of like, there's value in this because the people you'll attract and you know, all this stuff. But if it's like people are like, they don't, they're like, they don't care about it. I spent all this money. We're like, we're, we're fine. So yeah. it's like, really, that's like, it's like very odd. So it's, it's almost like you have to just kind of get like a lot of new businesses. Do you know what I mean? 
So yeah. some people are so stuck in the thing too of like they're afraid to change what works. Like that's another that's another thing. I mean, we've already kind of touched on it, but it's like if 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 they if it's a business that's doing totally fine and they have a proven formula and their sign outside is horrible and all their stuff is bad, but it's they're totally doing well. Um, I feel like they're afraid that if they changed it at all, that might people might not, you know, might have not have the same reckon like, you know, uh like recognition to them. Uh, and they're like too afraid to do, to do anything different of the, and I, I totally hundred percent get that. Like I, I like, I can't, I see that hundred percent. Like I totally get that where they're, they're, they're not wanting to take the risk. Um, if the reward for them is just like, it looks different and they don't care. Like they, like they, it doesn't, it looks different, but they're like, they see a good design. They see a bad design. They're like, I don't really care. I don't like, it's not something that I visually like can compare you know what i mean yeah yeah no i appreciate that the the value aspect of design is really hard to quantify it's not yeah, like it's like really subjective kind of yeah. but it's like i i i always I, it's so hard because my brain sees a design and this is this may be subjective and i might think it's objective but i'll see things and i'll be like well that one's objectively better than that one but uh if no one thinks it is then i mean i guess i'm wrong but it's just like people uh don't like sometimes it's just not it's not a factor in in something. I mean, I'll I'll but I'll buy products just based on if I think the design's cool, regardless of if the product is even better. Sometimes, like as far as like maybe just like um, food packaging or something in a store, you know, it catches your eye on the shelf and you're like, wow, that is really cool. And it's like five dollars more for the same kind of a thing. You could buy the generic value, but it's like the packaging is like it makes you like just so happy to look at it. You just <laughs> buy it, and that's not most people. I understand that, but. It's, it's the thing though. I mean, as I was going to bring a point about the whole restaurant thing, I am so biased to not going into restaurants with awful design. Oh, I'm like, the other it, way. So it either has to be, if it's like, hmm, it depends. If it's like God awful, like beyond recognizable, retrievable, then that's probably an amazing place to go. But when you get that, pe those people who are in the middle. I'm yeah. Like, okay. I agree with that. Like tried, but not really <laughs> no okay I, I agree with that i agree with that like yeah it, it's like it has to be if it's too if it's in the middle it's like if it's all mediocre then their food's probably oh, yeah. mediocre yeah and if it's really good then their food might be really good but they also might have blown blown the whole budget on the design and yeah. they the food will suffer and i feel like if they don't have any good design then they put everything to the food and they just said let's open up shop i don't really care <laughs> yeah <laughs> we can't open a full-size restaurant because we spent all of our budget on our letterpress business cards like <laughs> such a oh there's a dog hello yeah she likes to do that <laughs> yeah and i think quantifying the value of your work to clients or anyone in general is really difficult because you can't do things like advertising companies do where they just go oh well you we sent out a thousand flyers how many responses did you get you mm, can't like, right. quantify it you can't go well a good logo or a good menu design or a good billboard or a good piece of signage on your storefront will attract more people and that's one of the things that people like i see all the time people going oh, well, if you pay this much for your design and get a decent design, like we'll help you achieve your 50% increase in revenue. And I'm like, you can't say that. You can't say. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's super like, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, that's like the whole game. I mean, I guess yeah. like it's pretty much like getting people to see the value in it. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like any, it's like anything though. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, but the, diff the difficulty with it is that we have a, a service that is typically not off the shelf. So you can go, as you did say your, your shopping reference, if you go and look at packaging in a shop and you go, well, I can distinctly tell the value of these because this one's $5 more. Right. But when it comes to a creative service of, I don't know, keeping it simple, making a logo design for a business, it's very much along the lines of, well, what is it worth to them rather than what you should charge? It's such an odd... Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. And, and like, and plus price is only one, it's only one variable you can adjust on. Cause like you were saying, if you go in, there's two products in a store and one's $5 more, um, you know, that's, it's, 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 it's price is higher, but it's quality and it's content could be higher or just, there's so many other variables mm -hmm. of that, of value besides price. But like, so you could have two, you know, they could, they could, um, request a logo design from two different designers, hypothetically, and you know one price is cheaper than the other one, but it's their their logo work might be also less you know desirable. But for as far as they go, if they don't if they can't recognize the uh, like why is one's better than the other one, it's really hard to try to pitch it to them like this one's better because it's like you know it's better because I made it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, and it's like, you really have to just be like, well, I mean, it's like more aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, it's like, it's really kind of super subjective to get people to see the value in logo design. It's really tough. So, really how do tough. you, how do you go about that with your clients? Because one of the things I've started doing is much more focus on the benefits of the style and the research we do in the beginning to kind of give you that initial reference point rather than just going in with what a, a lot of beginners do which is just go in and say well i've made your logo what do you think rather mm -hmm. than do you, what, what's your approach when someone who is going to come in and go well this person can make me a logo for 50 bucks but you're going to charge me x amount how do you share that across to them how do you show the value in what you do or explain that, it? it's it's really hard that's one of the toughest parts but a lot of times, um, see that that on like a cold calling type situation, that would be something you'd I'd have to worry about way more. A lot of times, people find me through Instagram. I would say majority of the time, and yeah. they like my work. So they, a lot of the inquiries are already positioned in a phrase of, uh, and sometimes I'm provided with screenshots of just logos I've done from my own Instagram. I really love the stuff you're doing. I love all this stuff. I want something that looks like these, like do me my own version of this stuff. But for me, I will love that stuff. So it's really easy for to, to, to demonstrate it there because uh, as long as I do my thing, whatever that means, <laughs> um, like, no, for real, I mean, as, as long as it doesn't look like I didn't design it, do you know what I mean? Like they'll uh, typically be in for what uh like like that that thing so that's what's way harder from people who do not care about that stuff and you you uh like that's like i'm more local jobs who don't even know i have an instagram or something and they don't know who i am and that's fine um so they just like it's just like they um we did you know the designs i've ever done did work for someone and they heard through someone that we did that so they ask us so they they don't already have a predilection to liking thick mm. lines you know design stuff they, they so in that scenario, yeah, we um, work up what we call like a mood book, which is just like a proposal based on like, here's like a vibe of what the logo will look like using other logos that would be in that vein um, and uh, different color palettes and proposed fonts and stuff and kind of give them uh, just an idea of like, this is the like flavor it'll be, for lack of a better word. 
and see if they're into that before we spend any time, you know, designing. Yeah. It's going to be a big waste if they said, oh, I hate things like that. I don't like those kinds of things. I totally agree. And that because the design style of a person, obviously you can, you can do what big agencies do, which is just go out and hire people who reflect the style. But if someone's coming to you for your specific style, it's much easier to kind of show to them and go, well, if you'd like to work together, this is the process. This is what we do. And they're already on board. As you said, you've already, yeah, yeah. You've already broken the ice. You already know what kind of things they like, what you like, what they like. And you can kind of amalgamate some kind of research behind that. I say like a brand book or a mood board or something to give Mm -hmm. you an initial direction. So one of the comments you just said then that really caught my eye, uh, my eye, my ear was, um, that you have clients and people come to you about inquiries who don't know you have an Instagram, don't know you have a social presence. They only know you through word of mouth or maybe your website. And in a world where everyone's trying to make some kind of audience in a world where everyone's trying to be the big international thing, do you prefer kind of the, the smaller town vibe to be able to know and meet these people? Or do you think that kind of chasing these big numbers is just silly? Um, I mean, I probably feel both ways about it, to be honest with you, in different parts. Like, I don't give a sh- uh, I'm not going to cuss on this podcast. I already told myself. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't mind. It's tagged explicitly. I know you don't, but I did a lot on the last one. And uh, okay. my stepmom listened to it. <laughs> she's like, you can't be doing that. And I was like, oh, they were cool with it. And he's like, it looks bad, so I'm not doing it. Okay, no, so... Okay. <clears throat> whatever. I, uh, I don't particularly care uh, yeah. about social media in one vein, but in the other vein, it's like half the reason I even am able to design anything for anybody. So it's really hypocritical to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, are, it's, it's definitely like, I feel two completely different ways about it at the same time, which doesn't make sense. But like, I, like if, if Instagram got deleted and went away tomorrow, I don't particularly think I would care because I spend way too much time worrying about it. And I think it would almost be a good thing for me. And it, yeah. so much of it stresses me out. But at the same time, it's the entire reason I've able, even been able to design things for people in different states or even countries um, who've even found me. So it's incredibly important. And I can't even, I mean, I can't express enough how useful it's been in finding clients and showing people my work and meeting people like you, obviously. You said like you followed me. And like That's amazing. It's incredible without it. But at the same time, um, and it's where the majority of my work comes from, but I put too much stock into it, which I know I do. And that's why I've, I totally kind of go in and out of phases where I use it and I don't use it at all because it's, it's, it's like weird. It's like, you almost have to keep up. Like, I don't understand how you put out so much stuff. It honestly stresses me out to see other people who constantly use it. Cause then I feel like I can't even attempt to do this. Yeah. But that's um, the point. That's the point, isn't it? It's, it's the, that's the rat race feeling. That's the whole, yeah. like, you're, you feel stressed out about it and you're putting too much stock in it because you see everyone else doing shit. And yeah, like, exactly. That's what it is. Like I'll, sometimes I'll see, you know, I'll see certain people post things and they post so many good things in such a short amount of time yeah. that I, it makes me not want to post anything for a really long time. Cause I'm like, well, I can't even like, keep up <laughs> with that. like I don't even have that much stuff to show. That's nuts. And it makes me just super bummed out, which is really like, I shouldn't care. But I do, and it's really weird. Like I can't help but care. It's 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 weird because I wish I didn't. Mm. Do you think you'd care more if there were people in your local space doing like if imagine there's like a pin board in your community center or like a in the town center 
and everyone else is putting their artwork up there. Do you think you'd care as much? Or do you think it's because it's such a massive platform and there are so many people on Instagram that it matters more? I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, like half of what it is, is like, I almost, it sounds really lame. Like half the time I'm almost designing like out of a competition with other designers. Cause I know, and not in like a bad way, not to like out, um, attract clients even, which is, it, it's just like, Oh, like I, I want to like do this to impress these other designers because I know that they know what good design is where, and that's such a weird, such a weird thing to think, but my brain thinks that way sometimes where like, I'll almost see someone post something and be like, man, if I, if I was going to do that, I would have never done that. I'll do, I would do it like this and then be like, I'm just going to do it way better. And, uh, that's such a like stupid way to think. But I, I do, that. I do think that way sometimes where I'm, or half the time when I'm posting something, even though I'm not in that vein where I'm like, oh, um, you know, I really hope that, uh, you know, like these designers really like this. It's like, that's, is that why you're designing to impress other yeah. designers? And it's like, no, but at the same time, if they like it and it's good design and then like, it'll like reaffirm with me that it doesn't like, it'll, it'll like get with my confirmation bias of like my own thing, thinking it's good. Whereas like a client potentially won't know if it's good or bad. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think that's a massive point you've kind of just walked straight into is that the comparison nature of social media is killer. And there is nothing wrong with looking up to other designers or looking at other people's work and going, I would have done that differently. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of show and, and prove to whoever that I can do this. But when it becomes unhealthy in terms of a, why the hell did I just spend six hours making this thing? Who am I making this for? Have I just done this to like try and show up somebody? Like what, what was the point in that? That's when it becomes unhealthy. And yeah, well, I try not to actually do it, but the way I, I think about it and I, or I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really weird. Like it's just some, just being honest, like it's just, uh, like I don't like thinking that way, but it's almost like if I make something good, like, first of all, I, I feel like I like showcasing my work no matter what. So if I make something for a client, um, and they think it's cool and that's awesome, but they may think that, um, anything I could have shown them potentially would have been cool. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, but like, I almost have a better, like I can gauge it better if like other designers or designers specifically who I trust the opinions of think it's cool. Then I like, I'm like, okay, good. Like it is cool. If they're like not that into it, I can be like, yeah, well I thought it was cool, but maybe there's something I'm not seeing about it. Uh, and it's not like the client's thing doesn't matter because it, it does if it's like a logo for them, but it's not even client work. It's like, I, I almost use it as a gauge to figure out like how on track I am. And it, like, I mean, it, it's one of the reasons I'm even decent at design. If I can say that about myself, um, is just, it's almost by that like process of elimination or trial and error of sharing things and getting kind of feedback and not even so much in direct feedback as far as, um, like don't do this, do this type of feedback specifically, just like in kind of gauging people's reactions to it. And then like looking at what they're doing and kind of tweaking things out and being like, okay, well no one really does that. And it looks, I guess that looks kind of stupid. So then like changing the way you uh, approach things. Uh, it's almost kind of like what helped me narrow in on like what I really liked to do and uh, what I was, I guess, better at doing than other things. There's like the things I can't do. <laughs> that I've got, I've made, it's been made pretty clear. I just don't do that. <laughs> when it, when it, it sounds really interesting though, because 
portions of what you've just said sound to me like you're basing your design style and learnings off what other people say, but also at the same time, in the same sentence, you've just said, well, actually, it's not that I'm focused in on what they say and I need their approval. It's I'm learning from them. So do you feel that it's like... Well, it's not that I don't, don't need their approval. I mean, it's if I trust their opinion, then right, if okay. they, yeah, it's like, then they're high, opinion. then they're good opinion of it. Like I just have like a critique standpoint. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I understand. That's why I asked the question because I wasn't quite sure. Like it's like if a, if a guitarist was playing, you know, for a, for an audience of people who already liked their music or something versus playing for other guitarists. Um, yeah. And if fan, a fan came up to them and was like, I really liked your set versus like if a guitarist said, I really liked your set and someone who else plays guitar and has played it for as long or like longer than you, that's like, it holds different weight is what I'm saying. So it's not like you're yeah. necessarily like playing for their approval, but like you want to like impress them enough to be like, this is like, am I doing this right? Kind of um, versus like just appeasing people who aren't designers. It's what, what you're saying kind of reminds me of a, a student teacher setting. And although people aren't actively going out of their way to have a mentor or things like that, but it feels like you've, you've done this and you're going, okay, well, we're going to show this to this person or we'll show this to this person and get a proper critique of it. As you say, like a guitarist, to guitar, a guitar player to guitarists, but, and that's the thing to think about with social media, isn't it? That you should be thinking about it in terms of how can I grow from these other people's comments and critique when it's people that I respect and who are in the field as well, rather than just chasing random comments and random appraisal and random likes and numbers. Is that yeah. how it feels to you? Yeah. I mean, it, I just feel like it's such a necessary tool in, in getting better. Cause it's almost like if you yeah. could picture everything that you like specifically you have ever designed, but you never shared it, you still designed it on your computer and then you just, saved it and you're on your desktop and then you went and then like how much better would you have gotten from the day you started till now if you weren't sh posting your stuff out there and, and interacting with other designers it's almost like uh to even like have thoughts you have to have other brains around you to like bounce them off of to even like know if you know what i mean like that's almost how you like learn yeah you can't yeah like it's like if you just if you just stayed off of it and just designed uh, I mean, you can read, you can read all the books you want and, and look at books and stuff. And that's, that's helpful to an extent, but then you're just designing and just saving it and not even sh showcasing it. It's like, you almost have no feedback other than your own. I mean, you're, you're the only one who's observed it. So it's really tough to even know like where to go from there. Yeah. It's like the whole thing of growing up in a box or like a child growing up with sheep. Does it speak sheep or does it speak English? Like you, if, you, <laughs> if you're not surrounded by other people, you don't have a community. It's something that Darian Rosebrook from Compass of Design was talking about in that he's been able to accelerate his career and his learning and his skill much faster in, than most people in two years because he's surrounded himself with other brains, as you said, to bounce these ideas off and to learn from. And yeah. even if you're not in a specific community, even just posting your work out there and being receptive to, to feedback is a good thing. Help yeah. you learn. Yeah. And then there's like, obviously the bad side of it. Like, you know, we just talked about it earlier. We already went over it, but it's like, so it's like kind of fun and trying to find the balance. That's anything though. Right. I mean, you have to, you can't just be all or nothing of anything, I suppose, but yeah, you just can't eat cereal all day, every day. It's going to make you sick. Uh, one second.
Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk to you about was design cipher and your collective. So moving away from the whole social media nonsense and all that kind of stuff, you're building something with other awesome creative people with the design cipher. And what is that all about? Where did that come from? Why did you want to become part of, a, is it a full collective or are you like flat hierarchy or is it agency style? Um, well, okay. So we'll, I'll start from the beginning. Um, by the way, this is a lot of talk about design for, a. it's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna move on. It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm trying, um, not messing with you. So, um, yeah, the design cipher is, it, I mean, obviously it came out just organically, but it was started by my design professor from college when me and him, after I'd graduated, started working on some projects and it was, it wasn't obviously, it was just like he would, uh, his, his non-compete with his design agency that he sold was up and he was ready to design again. So he hadn't designed the whole time he was teaching pretty much. So we, we started designing stuff together. He started getting clients and uh, it was really helpful because I was right out of school. So I had no, I didn't I have my Instagram at all. And uh, when we first started designing, I didn't have, uh, you know, no one knew me. I wasn't like gaining my own clients and stuff. So he would get clients and then we would work together on a project and it was insanely helpful. Obviously it was like one of the most important things <laughs> happened. Um, uh, working on these like bigger things that he would get just cause he was super well known. He's been here like his whole life and everything. So, and everyone knows him as, as a designer. So he was back in the game doing that. It was just, he was just taking the jobs in under his, you know, name rather. And then uh, we started getting bigger jobs that required some more people. So he, you know, he had a photographer buddy we'd he'd hire to shoot photos. And uh, basically we were just like, turned it into like, well, let's make it like a thing. Um, so, I mean, it became design, we called it design cipher and it became, uh, you know, a, a bunch of dudes who all work on <laughs> projects together uh, and all have different roles, but it's not, there's no physical address for it. So we just meet up in different places or different houses and stuff. Um, so it's not necessarily like an agency in that, that sense or, or even in the sense of like the way the hierarchy is structured, it's kind of like everyone just has a different role in the project um and i handle you know all or the majority of the design work for it but then there's people who do photography and copywriting and web stuff i don't touch any of that stuff and i don't think that's a bad thing either i'm sure you probably feel the same and that when you've found this group of creative people who all do different specialities why would you try and put all your like have fingers in all the pies of like web design and copywriting and all that stuff when you have other awesome people around you as well. Yeah. I, I like it's like, I feel like parts of parts of me feel once again, I feel two ways about it, which is like parts of me feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I have zero to no knowledge of um, anything but design for the most part. Like I, I can do very minimal stuff with websites, but, um, and I could sector out the time to learn all that stuff, but I almost feel like, I'd rather just really be good at one thing than be kind of good at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, which it's like one of the things I, and I, I've talked about this before on other podcasts, I think, but it's just like, I, it's just, you have to I look at like the cost benefit analysis of like learning a new skill to improve yourself as an overall person that a company can hire and you can handle a lot more of their projects, charge a higher price and, and take care of them 
uh, especially when there's other competing designers who can do all those things as well and they're good at design. But I, I don't find a lot of interest or fun in them. I don't think they're uh, something I, I care about even doing to a large degree. I really like designing and I really just want to stay a designer, but I'd like to be a really good designer. So I just focus on that and hopefully I can become like, you know, good enough at doing that, that I don't have to even worry about not being able to do other things. And the design center is really helpful for that because uh, when we take on jobs, it, there's nothing the client could propose that would turn us away. Whereas before, if just as an independent person, uh, someone, you know, coming to me, there's many things they could request that I would be like totally up a creek without a paddle on. Um, but I would like with the design server, it's like, bring it on because if I don't know how to do whatever it is, there's someone that does. Uh, cause if it's design related, I can handle it. And if it's SEO or anything else, it's like someone else there has got it. They got it figured out. So. That's a really good thing to have though, isn't it? Because when you can say you're a part of something bigger, it, well, often it, rather than being a one person band, it often attracts bigger clients anyway, or more right, exactly. work. Have you found that? Cypher. hundred percent. Yeah. And it makes, it makes it, well, it's bigger than you. Um, it adds some more legitimacy to it, which is, it, I, I mean, we can talk about if it should or shouldn't be that way, but if you're like, Hey, I'm just a guy, hire me, I'll do your stuff. Like I'm that dude. Yeah. But if you're like, no, it's like a business. There's like a tax ID number. And then it's just like, Oh, I trust it more <laughs> rather than just, ID number than, around, like. I trust it just more than guy with laptop yeah. who I don't know. Especially because the majority of our work, I think with design safer is probably local. Well, I don't know about a majority, but I don't have to actually look at the numbers, but, um, my professor, when we started at Andre, he, uh, knows almost everybody <laughs> in Myrtle beach. Um, just because of his, the fact that he's been a, he's a professor for so long and he's, you know, worked in other, uh, you know, graphic design businesses and he's just an all around great dude who knows a lot of people. So a lot of the clients come from the area. So it's, it's a lot better than just them trusting. Like I would be doing the design either way if they, if they asked me to do it or, or, or they asked the design cipher to do it. But the thing is they wouldn't ask me cause they would just see kid with laptop versus this company, you know, that has like an established presence and everything now. And, uh, I still get to do the work, which is great. Yeah. And it definitely lifts you up, as you say, it lifts you kind of to that next legitimacy level. And there does come a time when you as one person with a laptop compared to, well, you often can pick up like startups or smaller business jobs, but when you start dealing with these bigger clients, (laughs) I love your dog so much (laughs) (laughs) popping up on the side of the camera. Um, but the when you get that more legitimacy you can take it on and now i think you're right i think that's not the way it should be i don't think that that is the best way to do it but in terms of trust in terms of uh repeat business these types of clients that's who they deal with day in day out so if you're going to go in and be like hey i'm a person with laptop i can do absolutely everything you'll ever need they'll always see that as a riskier option Ooh. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, you can't blame them for that either. It's, it is, I mean, it is risky because who knows what you're getting. I mean, think about how many kids graduate from with graphic design degrees every, every semester. It's a roll of the dice for the most part. I mean, you have, you have, I mean, you could show people once again, you can show them your portfolio and they can look radically different, but to the client who may not know, they, they might not see the difference. Yeah. And it's something that I've noticed a lot, particularly in the UK in the, a large portion of the, 
of well, that I'm aware of the the graphic design courses that um, students coming out of university, all their portfolios are fairly similar. Unless someone's done a self-initiated project, their portfolios all look really similar because they've all done the same projects. Well, so they, yeah, they don't change the curriculum for no, ever. <laughs> no. So they're going to these studios and trying to get clients and get agency jobs and they all look the same. And no one's, it's no wonder that they kind of see it as a riskier option when they could go around the corner and find someone with exactly the same work or very similar work, but a completely different price and a completely different personality. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on from design questions now. I want to hear about what you do. What do you do outside of doing client work and design? Do you have any hobbies or interests or? I did. Oh um, no. <laughs> that, well, that, I mean, that was a big sigh. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't do a whole lot uh, besides design and uh and stuff. I mean, I used to do all kinds of different stuff, um, like, you know, make beats and stuff. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. you've, 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 you've used them and stuff. I have. How did I? You know, that completely slipped my brain. I'm so no, sorry. You, no, it's not good. I don't really do it anymore. I mean, like, I made a beat recently have. for uh, Logo Inspirations uh, podcast because he, he asked me to, which was really cool. But I used to do that all the time. And I just kind of had to weigh out how much time it spent versus the once again, the payoff. And it's, it's definitely a fun thing. It's like, you can't, not everything can lead to, uh, you know, some, you need some kind of hobbies. Right. But, um, if I'm spending time on my computer anyway, it's like, I feel like kind of guilty. Like if I'm not designing something and I'm just mm-hmm. met, like doing stuff, it's just like, I could spend this time working on something. Even if it's just something for me, like it's going to make me a better designer in the long run and no one's going to care about these beats. Cause it's like a saturated industry and everything. It's just, so I don't know. I don't do that really much anymore. Although I think it's fun and I'd like to do it more. I, it's really hard to justify <laughs> spending a lot of time just messing around on FL studio or something. So, uh, other hobbies, I don't know. I, I just kind of hang out with my wife and dog. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good hobby, <laughs> but going back to your point of, of the beats you made. Yeah. I, I don't know why it slipped my mind completely, but the music you make and I, I've heard is, is awesome. And the fact that I don't think you should feel like you have to justify it to yourself to make something you enjoy. And now, obviously, if your time is limited, then, and I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from because I'm the same. If I sit down at my computer, I'm like, well, the first icon on my tray is Adobe Illustrator. I should probably be doing something with it. And the fact that you feel that you you trying to justify it to yourself to have a personal project it's that's really difficult to hear man because like we're all the same in that everyone who works with themselves is like well if i'm not working on my business i may as well like what's the point but i I'm, think i'm gradually learning that everyone needs that kind of other creative outlet and that like justifying it in terms of money just isn't worth it well i, I wasn't saying like i could be doing something that would necessarily earn me um direct revenue it's just like looking at like um the uh like allotting the time to yeah it's not something i'm super like i I remember like it's not like making beats isn't something i could jump right back into it's something i haven't done seriously in a really long time um and so like the time i have to spend like not necessarily relearning it but kind of like getting back into like the groove and familiarizing myself with it. And I've, I've already tried because I, I had to do it when I made that beat recently for Jonathan. But, um, I, uh, 
I just look at all the time like it would take to get back to a point of putting out something that I would be sufficiently happy with. And then I have to think about just designing something, even if it's for no monetary gain, just so I have like those like skills sharpened and kind of like keep or, or doing something just different and new, like in as far as design goes, like doing a de- kind of design I don't typically do. I feel like there's just like in the long run, uh, it's going to make me a better designer. Yeah. Uh, regardless if it's like I, do, I get direct, like I'm like doing a thing I would get paid for okay. just doing a thing to like make me a better designer. So it's really, it's a really difficult thing to kind of, ask is it that you don't feel that it's worth putting the time in because it would be bad because it would take so long to learn or is it that you just feel it would be better spent elsewhere because it would be better spent elsewhere i mean like i I don't think i don't think it would be worth it to to it's not like like i don't think it'd be worth it because i've i mean i've already tried on on like the time it would take to make it good because i've already tried recently and uh the product was not the what I was familiarized with putting out before, and I'm like, oh, I got really not good at this, <laughs> um, or maybe I, I never was, and I just am realizing it now. Either way, I listen to some old beats I've made, and I'm like, man, these are so good. And then I'll try to uh, like I've, tr- I've tried like, okay, well, all I gotta do is this, and I'll be like, man, I don't know. I, it's like so uh, like foreign to me now that like to get back to that mindset and 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 feel comfortable doing it again i look and i'm like okay so once i did then what okay cool now you're gonna make me beats again tight like there you go now you can say you do that also but it's like it just doesn't seem like i, I just don't think it's worth it yeah it's it's such an interesting thing because sometimes you'll pick up projects like that and you'll go okay well i did this for a few years i used to make electronic music using chiptune old game boy stuff and i played shows all across the world doing that but I haven't done that for three years. And in the same way you go back to your beats and you pick it up and you go, it just doesn't feel right. And I think sometimes projects do end up like that. And as much as you have the nostalgia to like what you made previously and the things you did um, in that creative format, sometimes it is better just to let it go. But that doesn't mean you can't do something else because I still, I still think it comes back to this idea of when when you're sat justifying time to yourself, often, uh, I mean, I find this all the time when I come to do, um, when I'm just procrastinating, I'm like, well, you could be doing, like, if I'm having a day off, you could be working right now. And it's like, well, maybe you need that break. Maybe you need that outlet in whatever form it takes, whether it's sleeping in till 1pm or watching The Lord of the Rings back to back. And do you ever get that kind of break? Do you ever take that kind of break or are you just feeling nonstop? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I'm definitely not saying I'm a workaholic. Like if I'm awake, I need to be working on stuff. I, uh, yeah. I definitely take time where I don't work on stuff. Like I'll do, I'll do some, some reading or some studying on, on other topics um, just in general, like philosophy stuff or just whatever. But I just understand um, like the time that it would take to do that thing yeah <laughs> and uh you know it's since it's like such a limited resource i just i can't justify yeah i can't justify it um when i know like like the like <clears throat> doing nothing is almost you know like more justifiable in the sense that it's not going to be ex- expelling a lot of energy and a lot of focus and thought and 
and even time. I mean, the time you spend doing it, you can jump right in and out of, of, of doing nothing. I mean, but uh, other things, it's like you have to dedicate out like entire like blocks of time to like doing it. And it's like, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well just do something that's going to make my life better, which is mm. to say, improve the skill I stupidly decided to make my career. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a stupid oh. decision, but it, no, I'm just being I, facetious. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I definitely feel the same. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, sometimes you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, should I have gone to school for economics or something? Yeah. Should I have like become a chef? Like what's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> No, or you'll see another design yeah. so good on Instagram. You'll see someone post something so good. And you're just like, I don't shouldn't be doing this, man. I don't even like, I, I am followed so many people and I'm only, I, I cut my following count from like 900 over the, in the last six months down to like 50. And <sighs> did I make the cut? Uh, I've like unfollowed everyone. I'm pretty sure you did. I'm going to go and check now. I'm going to leave all the, all oh, the you unfollowed me. Wow. This I mean, should have led me. <laughs> no, uh, no, we have proof. We have proof. Yes, boys. We in. We good. <laughs> no, um, but I did cut it back because of that exact thing. And like, I don't, I do my best not to look at Instagram when I wake up in the morning. I do my best. It doesn't happen very often. I do still do it. But you make the effort to focus on your own shit rather than just yeah. trying to chase for, everyone. For sure. There are definitely day ruiners. I'll see. I'll see. I'll go on Instagram and I'll see a day ruiner for sure. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of a flip of the coin. Half the time it inspires me to want to go home and be like, I need to yeah. design. Like I saw, I'll yeah. see something. I'll be like, I need to design because that like people can't be putting that, that kind of work. And I'm not in like, I'm not in the game or I'll see something. I'll go, well, okay, it's done. I can pack it in. I had a good run. Like that's just the best thing I'll see ever. <laughs> Quick, dig me a grave. Let's go. <laughs> We're done for the done for the year. Well, speaking speaking of the year, what have you got coming up this year? What are you kind of other than avoiding Instagram for a bit? What are you excited about this year that you're doing? I don't know, man. It's a big uh, it's a big mystery, man. I, I don't think that far in advance. Do you know a- what you're going to do this year already? I've got a few things planned, but nothing. Nothing A that I can share and B potentially that major. But I think I think the aspect of seeing what comes up and, and doing your own thing is something that people neglect to look at as an option. Well, I I don't have anything planned. I'd like to do more personal project stuff. Um like make not just make stuff for me necessarily, but just make stuff for sale <laughs> make, yeah. make stuff like make stuff that is actually tangible like merch um yeah i suppose not like i don't want to make like, like shirts and hats necessarily or pins i'm not like i don't know like i kind of just want to make something tangible it's very nondescript because I, like i said i don't have a plan for this but i'd like to do stuff like that because i feel like there's tons of cool designs that i've that I can make that will never be requested. So I, I might as well just make them for myself uh, or that I've made in the past that I'm like, I should put that on something. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I really haven't thought about it enough, but I, I do know that I have thought that I'd like to make stuff and like physically make stuff, not like design stuff. And that's the first step. The first step is, as I said to, um, to Arun and, and to bless was that the, the first step, the icebreaker, the initial thought, is always the hardest thing to do. So if you can sit down for, for 30 minutes and go, 
well, I'd like to do this this year. Within 30 minutes, you can back plan the entire thing and make notes of all the different ideas. But often people neglect the idea of sitting down for 30 minutes. So the fact that you've got something in your head to say, I have this idea to make something tangible this year. That's an amazing start for sure. <laughs> yeah, look at me go. Well, um, <laughs> like, don't beat yourself up for it, man. Like, it's, no, what, what, okay, here's the thing. Thought. How about this? I actually just thought of something. Go for so it. What I want to do is I want to get better at presenting my work on Instagram. Is this so a actually, <laughs> is this, yes, can I hold you, you, heard you here it? first? So, <laughs> so I want to get better at posting on Instagram. Regardless of everything we just said, I want to get better at posting it in the sense that I, regardless of what people think of my designs, uh, negative or positive, either way, I don't think I'm good at presenting them. And, and I feel like you specifically and a few others are really good at showcasing logos or just designs in general. You have this process, like the way you lay out your Instagram and you show the sketches on the dot graph paper and you do like the, like you show like every step of the way kind of thing. And you do a lot of the videos and all that stuff. It's super cool. I've done it a couple times before on certain posts and stuff, but not enough. A lot of times I'll just design something, go all the way to the end result. And there'll be no prior evidence of it existing on my Instagram. And then I'll just post it one version one time and that'll be it. And it'll be done. And you'll post like a sketch and you'll, I don't do the stories thing, by the way. I don't know if you know, like I almost never post stories at all. You got, you got, you do the stories and the, you'll show like the sketches and then like the tracing paper over it and you'll show like erasing it and drawing it better and then refining it and all this stuff along the way. And it'll be like multiple posts before you see the final one. And I'm like, man, I think that's so cool. It's cool when you go back and look at it. Uh, and it's cool. I would imagine it's cool for the audience because it's cool for me to look at. So people like it, but I don't ever do that. And I think it's just because I'm lazy. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm a f like, oh, well, one thing is it's for sure. And I'll say, I'm afraid to post the concept of me working on a logo in case the final one never gets posted. Cause sometimes yeah. I'll get all the way down to the wire and it'll be done and I'll go, oh yeah, this blows. And then I'll just be like, well, <laughs> so it's almost like, I don't want to post even the potential of what could be a of a design if, uh, unless I'm like satisfied with the end result. And so I should, like, I feel like it's like, you're almost like taking like a gamble on that. I don't know, but I think it's really cool when you do it. So I kind of want to do that. So it's it's more about the idea of, of documenting over super heavy creation. So all I'm doing is taking a picture of the sketch as and when I do it or going back after the thing has been made and then making that, documenting that process because I'm the same. Like I don't want to put something out there that I think is just awful. But at the same time, the point is that you document the process and it's not. So this is something I found with just doing, I haven't posted actually on Instagram for like a month and a half now. Well, even later by the potentially by the time this podcast comes out, but the, I've been doing a lot of stories content and people that have been a lot rawer, a lot more personal and people have been really lapping that up and really enjoying that. So maybe the process that everyone else is doing that you're seeing Brendan is, is, not your medium or if you try it and then don't like it maybe another format is what you would be best for you because as we said at the start there's no point like sitting and comparing yourself to other people whether that's me or other people that you like and going well I wish I could do that because in some ways doing your own thing is better or doing what you feel is right for you is better obviously experiment and try but do you know what I mean no I disagree I think that yours is cooler Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, it works for me. It works for me because I'm lazy. Because I'm like, well, that's what the design. So I'll just post that. But it, like the, taking a picture along the way and all that stuff, it's like a lot to think about. You have to like have the forethought to do it. I don't. I uh, I don't have that forethought. It's something I have to make myself consciously aware of. Like, okay, no, no, like take a picture of this. A lot of times I'll just throw those out or something. You know, when I'm like, okay, I don't need this anymore or something. I'm like, yeah, that's that. <laughs> It is definitely a habit and it's definitely something that I... Right, so I'm saying it's cool. It, it's cooler, like it's objectively cooler. Oh, okay, thank you. Because you still post the end result and it looks yeah. great. Um, but it, uh, it's it's cooler. Maybe that's... Maybe I that haven't noticed be- you hadn't posted for a month and a half just because you post stories all the time every time. I get oh, dearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> almost, one almost slipped out. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah, look right. at that. I've only posted one thing uh in January and yeah. I designed it in like October. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Like no one knows. No one knows about that. But yeah, it's it's really good to hear that you've got that you're starting out this year with obviously the design cipher seems to be doing really well. You've got your own personal stuff that you're gonna be trying to do. Making something tangible this year. I'm gonna hold you to that, Brendan. If I don't see, um, well, I, I want to do it, right? So, like a chair or something. I've tried. Oh, no, but I've tried doing. I've tried doing things, and they didn't sell. And I'm sure that's my own fault, by the way, because once again, I'm lazy, so I don't like the marketing aspect of it. Which is not to say that I don't post it, but I, I have to like. I feel like it's like you have to post it all the freaking time mm. and constantly, and it's like I feel like that's really annoying. Like for like, I don't like to do that, um, and I feel like it maybe gets on people's nerves. So, I don't know, but. I, uh, I've tried selling stuff before and no one cared. So it's like, maybe you should make uh, something. And, and, you, and it's not a fault. Like I can't, I'm saying like, so I'm afraid of like putting a bunch of time into like, okay, I made all this stuff. And then it just like yeah. sits in my house. What if you made something like one thing for you? That's why I was like, cause one of the things that my, one of my friends has, has got into, he's like a yacht upholsterer, but he's recently been like, well, I want to make a chair this year or like a table, something that's like that goes in your house or something that, can be oh, like, makes, like physically make like a, like a carpentry yeah. thing. Well, yeah. that'd be really cool. Cause I always thought carpentry was cool, but I don't know how to do it. So once again, I'd have to, uh, I, I, I'd have to spend the time learning, which is fine. But then I'd have to look yeah. at the cost benefit analysis of, I'm not better at being a graphic designer and I'm not never going to be a carpenter as a trade. So I think, I think it's a really th- interesting topic to, to dive deeper into that maybe we could do the next time you're on, Brendan. So for today, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of The Fowler Hour. It's been amazing to hear about mindset and all of this cost um, time analysis and making sure that you're doing the right thing for you. It really has. And it's, I know this, this conversation has been quite deep in so many ways and we've cut a little bit into different topics. And I feel like I know you better as a person from doing this conversation and the process that you go through and how we can, or how, how being a part of a group with a design cipher has made you a better designer and how feedback has changed that too. So to wrap up the show, Brendan, can you let people know where they can find you online and where they can find your work? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at goodcuff.design. Uh, and you can go to my website, which is goodcuff.design. Awesome. And that's, the only, that's like the only social media I have. Cool. And all of those links are going to be in the description down below. And thank you very much to Brendan for joining me today. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.